Hello, this is Janet Gallon welcoming you to Love Letters Live. Today's guest is someone you know, if you have been staying tuned with me, staying staying tuned. Um, and it's Cynthia Toussaint. And just to catch up a little bit, if I may, Cynthia, Cynthia put it was the person who originally put chronic pain syndrome on the medical map. It had been ignored for so long. Cynthia suffered it. And through just the most diligent work, got the doctors to recognize it and then created an entire world of help for people called For Grace. It's a website and an entire world, um, which you can look at later. So I want to introduce Cynthia. You're going to talk about something slightly different today, although I'm sure it's related. We're going to talk about music, right? We are going to talk about music. Thank you so much, Janet, for letting me be your guest today. And I always love talking to you. And you I, I, I feel that way about you. Ah, uh, I think we like each other. <laughs> That's true. It's so true. Talk about talk. You just start. Talk about your music. What made you put this collection together? And you just start. So I think I'm going to just to to catch people up on like why I love music. Um, I think I'll just, I was a singer, dancer, and actor. I'm going to give like the Reader's Digest version of my, my pain story. Um, I was always a singer, dancer, and actor growing up. I lived to perform. And then at age 21, I'd just gotten a part on the TV show Fame. And it just seemed like everything was so bright and perfect. And uh, ballet injury triggered the chronic pain disease called complex regional pain syndrome in my right leg. And this disease is also known as the suicide disease, but the doctors just say that we're crazy because that's what they say to women in pain. And um, so I was bedridden for 10 years and I uh, was not able to speak for five of those years. And people really understand the hardship of that, but they never really understood that I couldn't sing for 15 years. And that was probably equally as hard for me because ever since I was a little girl, I. I just always sang and that was just something that I loved to do. And that was, that was what a way that I just expressed like who I am and my joy and my emotions. And um, so that was such a hard thing to have taken away. And then once I uh, went into a partial CRPS remission, which I think was actually due to narrative therapy, because we're really talking about expressive therapy here. Um, I slowly got back a lot of the things that I loved. I didn't get ballet back. But um, I got singing is one of the things I got back. And I just feel so lucky and blessed um, to have that now. So it's something that I, I love to do. And I, and I did a CD when I first started singing um, for the- when, when, when was this? So that was, gosh, about um, maybe eight years ago. And it was called Wonder. And because it was just a wonder to me that I could sing again. And I'd just been to Africa. And that was amazing. I fell in love with the elephants there and uh, the cover I'm with an elephant. Well, it was an elephant that was built for the Shah of Iran only in Los Angeles. Right? It was right there. And I just, that CD was, was like every song um, was a song that spoke to a different part of the women in pain um, experience. And then with this CD, I wanted to have just a lot of fun with it. And um, I'll show you the cover. To I was going to ask you to, because mine's in the car. I'm sorry to say, yeah, crazy, okay. dedicated to women in pain who know they're not. It was pretty a pretty crazy cover. So I decided I wanted to have fun with this CD. And crazy refers to what they used to be called for complaining about pain. Okay, we, we still are. Yeah, I was called right. crazy for the first 13 and a half years of my illness. Well, I know that, but 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 doctors and healthcare professionals are still sometimes doing it. 
Oh yeah. Oh, that's typical. Yeah. But now it's not generally 13 and a half years. It's more like two years. That's what I'm hearing mostly with CRPS with this disease. And so I just decided to play on that word. And plus I was singing with bands and, and um, I was, I, I love to sing crazy. I love that song. The, um, mm -hmm. So I, and, but, and, and, and I chose uh, all songs that I loved growing up or like as a little girl, but that speak differently to me now post illness. And oh. crazy was like, oh my gosh, she's been so jilted by that horrible person that hurt her and, and that pain. But I sang it about ballet. It was the loss of losing ballet. I'm just wondering, would you like to go through the titles of the songs and say what they're saying to you now, as opposed to what they were saying in a more obvious way years ago? So the tide is high. I love that song, Blondie. This is all a cover CD. And now it speaks to me about not giving up. I mean, it's uh -huh. I'm, I'm not the kind of girl who gives up just like that, right? Not at all. <laughs> so that's totally different. And then I just explained crazy. And this is like a going down memory lane. People are saying, I love it. I'm going down memory lane with your CD. It makes me so happy. <laughs> well, I, when you, after you've gone through all the titles, I want to talk about memory lane and the value of that, but go ahead. Interesting. Okay. So time after time, um, I just kind of love that song and always being there for, that's, that's who I've always was. And, and time after time now speaks to me as I can't do that anymore. We talked about trauma and sometimes you have to walk away if it's an unhealthy situation. Mm -hmm. So that's, I, I dedicated that to that for the years when I couldn't let go. So, and then crazy little thing called love. I always love that song. I did it, as, did it as a duet. I had so much fun recording that song. And for me, it's just about, it's, it's about the, I said for the fun still inside. So I guess that one didn't change too much, but it, but it speaks to me differently in that even with pain, with the worst kind of pain, even with cancer, which I've been through recently, um, I can still have fun and we can all still have fun. This is to inspire people um, who have pain and other you know, illnesses and everybody, why not? At 17, um, it spoke to me, it used to speak to me as, oh, that poor girl, you know, I mean, if you, if you remember Janicean at 17, that poor girl, she didn't have any friends. And it spoke to me now very personally as the misfit that I have been Aww. as a woman in pain. Yeah, so, um, and then Ode to Billy Joe was that movie, you know, I, I was gonna I remember that song. That song was so chilling. I yes. remember when it first came out. Okay, yes. it's not about me, go ahead. <laughs> I loved it and, and I still do it. And so many people are saying, I know that song by heart. I knew every lyric and it's surprising how, how these songs really speak to people. Yes, and it, was, it was mysterious and terrifying at the same time. Yes, and she's at the dinner table. If you notice through almost the whole song, she's, she's having a meal with her family and she's getting the news. Yes. That, that Billy Joe jumped off of a bridge and she loved it. Uh -huh. couldn't love Robbie Benson. For me, um, that spoke to me now. Ugh. I cried when I recorded it. You, you can actually hear it. <laughs> and but we use that take because that then emotion was coming out. But I, I, I sang that for my father who I did jump oh. Yeah, so that but it was very, very healing for me to, to sing that song. And then to serve with love, I would always listen. I would watch that movie anytime just to hear Lulu sing that at the end. Mm -hmm. But I sang that. So it was always for, you know, Sidney Poitier's character. But I sang it for my surrogate father Dick and I spoke to him at the end of that because I was just so lucky to have him in my life for 25 years and I recently lost Dick and needed to do that for him and for me. And then you make love and fun. This is actually this is a good story. Um, that was my first boyfriend in my song. So whenever I heard it, it was like, oh, 
Mitch. You know, I'd always have these feelings. <laughs> and John asked me to record it. So now it's like, ah, oh, John. <laughs> so that that really, that meaning really changed. And then Over the Rainbow, um, in a way I did that for Dick too. Because um, it used to just, I used, I used to think of Dorothy and singing Over the Rainbow. And, and Dick's um, uncle, Arthur Freed, was, he did all kinds of you know, things in Hollywood, including he was, he discovered Judy Garland and he was the reason that, that uh, The Wizard of Oz is a musical. So in a way that was for Dick too, but it was also for our hope. Because at the time I was about to start chemotherapy and I didn't know, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. I didn't know. So if I was gonna come through it and if I was gonna be able to sing again. And so it was that, that spoke to, to my hope of, of getting through that illness, which I did. Now, you, you touched on a couple of things that I always think of with music. I mean, I think so many of us, our lives were pretty much ruled by music and rhythm. Interesting. And I mean, rhythm is just, you know, another time. But <laughs> it, 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 we, we hear music and it takes us back instantly to whatever. I mean, I can, I can remember songs that were played when we were doing slow dancing in the gym in the seventh grade. Wow. And the guys I was hoping to dance with, I mean, it just takes you back. So do you think it takes, I, I think, but do you think it takes you back more often than not to your strongest self? Wow. Or I think to me, it takes me back to joy. And I, Janet, I have heard that um, there's no other kind of expressive therapy, no other kind of art that takes you back so vividly as music. And quickly. Uh, you're just, you're there. Right. And, and that was sort of a magical thing about the CD is that now they don't take me back to the old memory, it takes me back to, to the, the new memory. Okay. And isn't that interesting? You can reprogram the music, which I, I didn't know, but I would agree with you about that. So reprogram it in here and in here so it gives you a different focus eventually? But I like that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that that could be done. I, 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 I'm fascinated. I not thought of that, yeah. We're learning more about music every day and we're learning so much about expressive therapy and, and it's so important for healing. And I mean, we all need, we, all, we can all use healing and, and I, as, as human beings, we all need to be creative and you know, whether it be music, I'm also a piano player. I played for about an, an hour this morning and um, that makes me feel really good. Um, but what, do you, what do you know about how music stays? You know, I, I had, my husband had an, a cousin, an aunt, Lil, who died, I think, you know, a couple of weeks before her 100th birthday. She was severely, um, you know, limited by Alzheimer's. She really couldn't remember anything. But wow. and she, she was a pianist, actually. She was a wow. pianist who, oh, well, who, who, um, was really on the on the verge of being a concert. I mean, she was excellent. Yeah. And her wow. Husband left her, and she ended up, you know, working yeah. at the racetrack. Doesn't matter. The point, oh, wow. She always she always played the piano. She was close to a hundred, could not remember anything, but would sit down at the piano and, from memory, Rachmaninoff was still in there. Oh, I love it. Didn't miss a note. What what? How does that work? I'm not. You know, Alzheimer's is very near and dear as my mother has it. And, right. um, and also with my music, I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit, but I don't know quite how the brain works with Alzheimer's, but sometimes we remember way, way back if we have Alzheimer's, like my mother can tell you about her childhood. Oh, sure. 
can't tell you that, you know, what we were talking about two minutes ago. And so maybe she was remembering from a long time ago. You know, that that's that's my guess. Well, you know? go ahead. You were going to talk about you said you want to talk. Well, I, I just I, I know that music therapy helps all of us. And I and I and, and we we're talking about expressive therapy, you know, creative therapy, whether it be music, I'm thinking of acting, art, narrative therapy, which has been huge for me, uh, dance and, and movement. And and I actually I I love to sing in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people. And um, one thing that I like to do is a it's a, a con it's an annual concert with a number of choirs. And the last one that I did before COVID um, was called Alzheimer's Stories. Oh. And I, it was so close that during the first rehearsal, I thought, I'm out of here. I can't do it. I was crying. And my, uh, the um, choir director said, Cynthia, I, I know what's going on because I know the story. But she said, will, will you just sit through one rehearsal, this rehearsal, and see how you feel about the piece after that? And she said, because I promise if you end up performing this piece, you will, you will, I think she said, you will heal from it. I'm pretty sure that's what she said. And so I sat through it and lo and behold, I, I could do it. And I really did heal from it. And not only um, did I get to sing the piece, but I got to write narrative therapy, write about my mother and speak to the audience about that. And that was so healing for me. And when I talked to my mother, when I saw her last week and she was in a home and it was really, you know, really hard. And um, when she gets agitated, I, I just start singing to her. Oh. And it, it just, I mean, she's, she's calm. She's in a good place. And, and, and she, she said to me once, you sing really well. <laughs> and I, she doesn't remember, you know, and, and, or she'll say, I haven't heard that song in years, even if I sang it, you know, three mm -hmm. minutes before. And so I just, I, I saw firsthand and I keep seeing when I talked to her on the phone and she's agitated. I just know to go to music and in the in the lyrics of Alzheimer's stories, many times we sang love and music are the last things to go, you know, and, and isn't that interesting that music yeah. just sticks with us. It's the specifics of music. So I wanted to tell you what I did. I was I was hoping to kind of get this on the landscape. Do you remember the movie about Oliver Sacks and the uh, Awakenings? The people who oh yes oh, of uh -huh. course I just saw that again oh god yes they've been catatonic for what thirty however many years and they they would play in the in the facility where they lived they would play music and they were playing you know it was the orderlies and the young nurses wow. who were in charge of the music and they were playing all this really hip stuff and you know hip hop and and <laughs> one, one orderly according to the movie said they're not going to respond that's not their music. You have to play there. That's right. I forgot. And he went and he started to play music from the big band era. And they all started to come. Away. I love it. I, remember. I saw that happen once actually at a, at a, 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 you know, a senior living home where a child was singing wow. to all these old people who were snoring in their seats. She was singing kind of modern songs. <laughs> and all of a sudden she thought sang a song in what was their native language. And they woke up and started singing. Well, of course. So I, I Isn't thought, that if I ever go into a coma, and I said to myself, oh, no. I said, you know, if you play big band for me, I'm never coming out. That's not my music. So I put together that a is so cool. of the songs I would relate to, and I just called it my, my coma CD. 
And I said, hang on. Do <laughs> I know. I can't believe this. You ever need this. This is what you put in. The, mm -hmm, it'll help me. I love that, Janet. And in, in that movie, Awakenings, I remember that um, when he was getting bad again and shaking, yes. remember the young, lovely woman, Penelope Cruz, I think. No, no, it's not no. Penelope Ann Miller. Yes. The actress, yes. the beautiful blonde actress gets up right. and dances with him and he right. stops shaking. Oh. And I I remember saying to John, my, my wonderful husband, why did that work? And and it's probably that creative therapy. I don't know, but that would be my I guess. I think it's really hard to know. Now, did your mother sing to you when you yeah. were little? Did whoever sing to me? Did your mother sing to you when you were little? So my mother and father were singers. And oh. I don't know that my mother sang to me, but um, she she actually brought home, she gave me the gift of music. And my father did, but I think my father gave me the voice. Sorry, mom. <laughs> okay. And then my, but my mother gave me the love of music. And, uh, but they met actually um, in a choir. And actually she yeah. was a, a good thing. I just didn't get to hear hear her sing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was in an acapella trio and she traveled all over singing. And, and she brought home Barbara Streisand, Funny Girl. And when I was just a little girl and I thought, nah, what, really? And, and then I fell in love with it. And then every, cause she would tell me how, she loved it. I don't know if she told me how great it was but I just knew from her that this is a cool thing. And then every Christmas she gave me a new Barbara Streisand album. And that was like the most exciting thing of the year. And I, I raced home from school where I got to do chorus and band. And I, and I couldn't wait to turn that song on <laughs> that new, whatever, there weren't CDs back then, the album, the vinyl on, and just sing to it and listen. And that was such a great joy for me. So yeah. I feel like she gave me, and she gave me that joy of music. And then we did a lot of community theater together and we always sang. And, and then I, I am able to give her the gift back now. Sure. You know, the gift that she gave me, I can now, I don't know. I can, you I, know, that's, that's so lovely yeah. that you're saying that. It reminds me of something. I have a very dear friend who is a singer. I mean, she still is. It's a, and opera and light opera. And when her mother was dying, there were close family friends. When her mother was dying, she sat in her hospital bed and sang to her. Wow, that's beautiful, and I hear that a lot. That's do you? yeah, I do. And I and I I actually when John and I were with his brother, his older brother, and he was dying from prostate cancer, um, he got very calm when I started singing, and just the room it was like it was echoing. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful yeah. moment. And he got more lucid. He um, he was oh. on morphine, and he called John Johnny. And I'm like, wow, that, that was, that was amazing. I mean, that, what a, what a, what a sacred time that was, you know, and it just came out of nowhere. Just, How do people you know. get a copy of the CD crazy? So they can pull it up uh, on just by going to fourgrace.org and that's spelled at F-O-R-G-R-A-C-E.org and they'll see it on the homepage and they can look at it. I, and they, they can listen they to can, it down and they order it and get an actual i mean i got I, okay i have one but yes they they can or just listen to it and download it yes okay yeah okay. and i had fun shooting the cover too um, i'll just show this again i wanted to be a mermaid on the beach i hadn't been on the beach in about 35 years and i wanted to let's see i wanted to lean against my fears and have i was going to say that's a mermaid in some real danger <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to lean against my fears and look toward, let have them bolster me to look toward a bright future. But I didn't have hair because of chemo, 
and I couldn't oh. get makeup because of COVID. So you see what I did. I did a little headdress and sunglasses and I leaned against my fears and I'm terrified of sharks. <laughs> well, for good reason. Yes. There right. you go. And I got to get on the beach and we had about 20 minutes to shoot that with the sun setting and the tide was coming. And it was just so much fun right there. That's expressive creative therapy, right? I, I, have, I have a question because, um, yes, you know, I, I always gravitate to what can the love letter be here? And I know you, you've talked about some great ones, one to your inner child, one to grace. Yeah, I wrote that oh, one. Did you? Oh, good yeah, for I you. Mm -hmm. I wrote, I, I'm, I sent it to myself. You, you good, have, good. Yeah. Yeah, boy, that was emotional. <laughs> it and, was beautiful. And, and you sent it to yourself and, you know, you can just slip it in that album that I sent you, you know, that book. Just yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 good idea. sticking okay. things in there and yeah. you'll find them when you're okay. 90. Okay. You date yeah. all the letters you write, correct? You put them Yes, I do. Them? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me to do that. <laughs> well, because when we're 90 and we look at it, we're going to want to know when we wrote that. But I have a question. The singers who made these songs popular... Some of them are no longer with us. I understand that. But, you know, some of their children are like Liza Minnelli. Right? True. Yep. And and there are a lot mm. of, I mean, somebody, there's still people from, um, uh, 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 well, anyway, Freddie Mercury's, uh, you know, uh, crazy little thing called Love. Yeah, I loved him. Got a series of letters to the artist. That's a good idea. You have so many good ideas with letters, Janet. For other people to do. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really like that idea sent writing to the people who created these songs. Like and, or who are still here. Yeah, Willie Nelson who wrote Crazy. Patsy Klein is not here, but oh no. my gosh. I, these songs. By the way, there's here. probably some museum or some archive for Patsy Klein things. Yeah, that's true. I, I, would, I would write a letter and send it to them. I mean, and just keep copying. I just think that would be so valuable for them all to know. What a gift to them. Yes. No, what their songs have done. Uh -huh. I love that, Janet. And a friend of mine knows Janice Ian. So she's talking to her about, she wants her to hear my version of At 17. So that's nice. And, um, but I, I love the idea of writing them a letter or maybe their kids or yeah. Who's here, whoever's here. To figure out who with, with, with Freddie Mercury because that's one of my favorite songs and I just I loved him so much. And I always felt so much gratitude when I was singing that we got to perform it as a duet. It was so much fun to do that song. And I felt so much gratitude toward him. And I was, I was watching his movie, the, his movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. I always say it's about him, oh. but it's about Queen. <laughs> you know, when I first heard that song, I was in a restaurant with friends and it was not too far from a record store. It was when we still had record stores. Well, yeah, I remember, I remember. And <laughs> this song was coming over the speaker. I don't go for background music. Okay. I can't deal because it- Yeah, yeah, yeah. elevator music. Well, even, even pop, well, that's, mm -hmm. okay. but popular song <laughs> as background, music requires all my attention and gets it. Ah. So I'm not good for, anyway, I hear this song <laughs> coming over the speaker and I said, what is this? <laughs> I found out the name of it. I excused myself from the table in the middle of dinner with friends, ran to the record store and got myself a copy. Wow, I love that story. And I remember- isn't that, that's an incredible story. And I remember when it first came out, being in the car with John and he said, I want you to hear this. I don't know how I could have been in the car. Well, probably it was on the radio. Uh -huh. And he said, and John said, guess who this is? And I said, well, clearly it's Elvis. 
Oh, you know? <laughs> I was sure. And then I couldn't believe it was Queen. It just blew me away. I, yeah. oh, what a voice. Wow. Really? So, you know, that's, I mean, we get some of our most importantly joyous moments and also tragic stories. That's true. I mean, that, that, that Bohemian Rhapsody is, is quite a miserable, sad tale. <laughs> I know, but I get so I get happy when I away. do it. It is. And what is it about? You know, that's another thing I love about music or just expressive therapy. You don't really know so often what, what the art is about, but it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know, does it really, does it really matter? I mean, I, I have a friend who's a filmmaker and he brought me one of his movies when I was bedridden and it had just been um, converted to, to video. Mm -hmm. And, and he wanted, he asked John and me what the ending meant. And we both had totally different stories. And I said, okay, well, so oh. what does it mean? And he said, oh, it's whatever, however you see it, it's whatever you decide it means. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't really matter. It's whatever we create it, create, however we create it inside of our, ourselves, it's how it speaks to us. Yes, yes. That's what, I guess that's one of the things I love about expressive therapy. It's just, you know, I, I love being, we gotta be creative and artistic and it, it makes us um, feel better. We get to um, let our emotions out. Um, I think we get, we, we, um, whatever we need to get out there gets out there. You know, I talk a lot about narrative therapy, just write whatever your stream of consciousness tells you to write and whatever you get, whatever you write down, whether you bury it or publish it, or John says, or bake with it, <laughs> bake it into cookies, whatever you do with it, uh, bake it into cookies and then burn it, whatever, whatever you do with it, um, it will bring you to better wellness. And I, well, I think. Well, I was going to ask you that, you know, you talk about creativity and uh, the art of all that you're talking about. And you're making me think that telling the truth is the art. Interesting. And that's interesting. I never, important. you know, I think, I think there's nothing more usually fun than the real truth, even if it's painful. I agree. And truth is much more interesting than fiction. It is stranger than fiction. So you're right. I'm a truth teller. I'm a moral That's rebel, right. like this, whatever it is. And, and sometimes I find that I can, I can always, well, I always can, I can find a way to do it through um, creativity. I, I never thought of that, Janet. But you're not afraid of the truth. And no. think of it, you're a rather, you're one of the most fearless people I've ever met. Thank you. Well, I am afraid of sharks. <laughs> you're what? I am afraid of sharks. <laughs> yes, I know, but you're laughing about it. And yeah, and yeah it's in general. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be afraid of things that would eat you alive. Of course. That's <laughs> well, I'm having fun with you, but I don't, I guess I don't find a lot of purpose in fear. I guess it, it doesn't really help good. us. Oh, good point. Yeah. It's so kind of what's that's, that's what's absolutely, to, you know, yeah. my, my, there's, there's something rational. My granddaughter, when she was about eight, she had gone in one of those, uh, you know, rides where you drop a free fall a hundred feet. Oh, okay. And she told me she went on that. And I said, you went on that? I said, she said, but never again. Oh, isn't and that I said, oh my goodness. I said, did you just scream? She said, no, I didn't. I said, you didn't scream? She said, no, I saw that everybody else was screaming and it didn't seem to help. So I didn't bother. Ah, I love it. We should, that's, we can learn a lot from your What you're saying is it doesn't help. Daughter. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Yeah. Well, I, 
yeah, we all get so stuck due to fear, I think. I mean, I mean, that's what, yes. not we all, but people tend to get so stuck because of fear and right. we can't move forward. So I, I just don't find much. Purpose. And that, and that fear that you get stuck with turns to all kinds of poison, doesn't it? That's a good point. Yeah. That, that can make us really sick. So why not move forward and, and, and sort of like, I always say anything really worth doing um, kind of makes you want to throw up. <laughs> I always do say that. I'm sorry, but because things are scary. I mean, if they're really right. worth it, they're scary. And I wanted to bring up um, that what you're doing here with love letters live, that's expressive therapy, Janet. And you oh, are, yeah. Sure. Not only helping yourself, you're helping, you're helping your guests, you're helping everybody who listens, you're helping the world. You're making Oh, thank better. you, darling. I thought you were going to say the letters are helping the people who receive them. Well, yeah. and then there's the and then there are the letters, but that's all part of yeah. Love Letters Live. Yeah, you're you're this is all about healing. This show is is yeah. all about, I think, expressive therapy and healing, which you yes. know, and by the by the way, several letters that I've been fortunate enough to be part of in the you know conception have been apologies and awarenesses and that really have done miraculous healing. Yes. I love that. And I, somebody said this morning, it's so hard to apologize. I was hearing that on something and I thought, why is it hard to apologize? I don't it's understand why to it apologize. It, right. if, if I feel like I did something wrong, I can't wait to, to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's so <laughs> yeah. important to be able it's to. A, and, and by the way, an apology is one of the most elegant kind of love letters you can write. I think. Yes. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And I, by the way, I love letters. I've always written. I mean, ever since I was a kid, I always wrote, wrote letters, you know, to grandparents, thank yous, and aunts. Right. And and um, I don't know. I just always felt really good writing. And I, I feel like even now with the internet and um, you know, we write texts instead of letters, and and that kind of makes me sad. And I like the old fashioned. Let's write letters. And, oh, there's something about you know what? I, yeah. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for doing this with me about your music. And now we've gotten on to another topic. Maybe you come back and we'll we'll talk about what you get out of actually writing things down by hand. Okay, because I love to do it and it's very, very therapeutic. Oh, and by the way, I should the funny thing is I have gotten letters from you and what you put onto a page <laughs> is like a festival. Okay, enough said about <laughs> that. We'll talk about your paper festivals next time, may we? I love it. Everybody else says you write a book. You don't write a letter, a festival. I write a festival. You Thank do. You. you. do. I love you, Janet. I love thank you, you for everything that you do and for this show. Be well. Yeah. And Be thank well. you for the Be way you have shown the world how to live through fear. Yeah. Okay. More later. Thank you, Janet. Okay. Bye, Until then. Jimmy, Talk continue. To you later. Bye. <laughs>